Welcome to this week's episode of our show where we decide on classic comedies. Do they hold up? Are they funny? Do we still want to watch them? And this week, we're doing one from 1988. Who framed Jojo Rabbit? Roger. Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, which is a, a lot of fun for the whole family. Rated PG, which I want to get to a little bit later, um, about Roger Rabbit in um, Toontown. And the, the whole, we'll get into the plot in a second. The whole premise being he's framed for murder. I've got the title, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and it's a lot of, it's a fun movie. Um, but it's interesting to analyze the plot almost 30 years later and, and deciding if it holds up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a movie that I grew up with. Um, and like, I even remember they had this computer game on floppy disk and I'm not talking about the little floppy disk that you youth, uh, are thinking is the save icon. I'm talking about like the actual floppy disks. Um, and I used to play this game all the time. It was so stupid. It was the worst Wait, video the, game, the game ever. based off the movie. Yeah, it was like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's like all the little things. Like you had the taxi cab, and there's like a, a, a one level where you're driving the taxi cab, and you got to go up and down on the like accordion legs and the accordion wheels. And there was another one where you're in a bar. You're in the bar uh, that they visit. Uh, that Valiant visits early on in the movie, mm-hmm. um, and you're with Roger Rabbit in there. I mean, like, is all the different Wait, so parts you, of the movie. Are you trying to figure out the mystery? What is the what is the point of the game? I don't know what the point of the game is. Because you already know how the movie ends up. Surprise! I don't even think you could, like, unless you were really, really good at it, I don't think you could beat that game. Just like a lot of the games from that time period, like, you had to be really good, or you had to use, like, Game Genie, which didn't come until a little bit later in the 90s. To like give you cheat codes. I had a game shark in the late nineties. Game shark, yeah. Okay. I was like with, with Game Genie that like Way to you, cheat. with with NES, like you had to plug it in and then you had to plug it plug in like plug the game cartridge into the Game Genie and then the Game Genie with the game cartridge into the NES system and then like it gave you a free uh, like a pre prompt and you had to have all the codes and then it gave you like an infinite lives. It was like the Contra code. But like expanded to all sorts of other silly codes. Well, it was a thing for until really recently that every like major box office movie that you could adapt into a video game or a TV series that you could adapt into a video game, you're gonna have a video game version of it. There were so many movie video games that flopped back then, and then I think the really the the turning point of why it became stupid is when there was a Sopranos video game in like the early 2000s that was just. Just stupid. I mean, there's a South Park video game. That what are you sitting? Were you playing as like Tony Soprano, and you're sitting there eating your your gabagool? The gabagool. Tony goes to the kitchen, press A, open refrigerator, pull out gabagool, push Y, eat gabagool. Like, is is that the extent of this I game? Mean, that would actually be a, a pretty good game if that was the extent <laughs> of it. But I, I think when there's money to be made. They're gonna make a video game or a book version if it's not already a book or it's like, merchandising. It's, it's merchandising. Like, it's like yeah. Mel Brooks in did in Spaceballs. Space merchandising. <laughs> Told me that. Spaceballs um, the flamethrower, right? And, uh, <laughs> that kids love this one. This movie was successful and was acclaimed, and therefore there is money to be made off of it. Yeah. I mean the game was was terrible, but like the thing about this movie is that it feels like a 90-minute acid trip. Smile, 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 smile. You know it's all worth 
like you start out with the regular humans and then well i mean you start off with the little short cartoon beforehand with the baby but like it's like the humans and then you're in you're the human in this cartoon world i guess if i really wanted to weird myself out i would take some acid and watch this did you eat all this acid that's right Music! Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's actually why the movie is so enjoyable and, and well-liked. It's because uh, part of it is, at the time, I think this was sort of seen... I mean, you, you can tell me. I'm not familiar with 1988. Uh, was sort of seen as innovative, this idea of combining cartoons and live action into one movie. And I think that's a lot of the reason why the movie came out years later. Space Jam was successful, is we're taking this megastar in real life, Michael Jordan, and putting him with one of the most iconic cartoon brands ever. And putting them together, and just the idea of that was, in 1994 and 1995, whenever it came out, was just, like, incredible. Like, yeah, I mean, I actually had thought about that. I was wondering, like, did this start the whole Toon-Human crossover, uh, where you had both of them, like, on the screen at the same time, thinking of Space Jam, of course, as, as another example. And then that immediately led me to the idea that uh, they should remake Roger Rabbit. They should do a, a remake today uh, where LeBron James is the uh, is the detective and he goes around and uh, maybe he can have some of his kooky friends like Chris Paul show up and, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and they can, you know, fight crime against the cartoons or something. I mean, well, that, that brings me to the point I wanted to make, though, is the Space Jam 2 in production. I've long thought that when Space Jam 2 comes out, it, one, it, there's no way it'll be more liked than the first one. There's, there's no way people will like it more than Space Jam 1. But two, I think it could be panned because that idea of mixing cartoon and live action just isn't cool. There's like, the novelty is gone. Mm -hmm. uh, Looney Tunes, as far as I know, isn't as popular with the youngest generation now as it would have been in the 90s. I mean, you, you have young Well, kids. I mean, they might, they might try and uh, check it out now that uh, HBO Max has decided to uh, remove all the guns from the Looney Tunes. Like, Elmer Fudd no longer has his yeah, rifle. He's the bald guy with speech impediment. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Yosemite Sam is just this caricature with this long-ass mustache. No guns, no nothing. I mean, you can have a cartoon bomb that they still got, but, like, so maybe they're going to check it out, like, through yeah. HBO Max now, and maybe this kind of... But if, if the original Space Jam was made now, so if if, let's say, Space Jam 2 was an original movie, I think people would think it's stupid. If, Probably. like, there was no Space Jam 1, you just said, LeBron James, we're going to do a movie with you and Bugs Bunny. I don't even know if you would accept it, but if he did, I think people would think that's the dumbest movie ever made. So if they made an original Roger Rabbit now, so when I'm approaching this question of, like, does it hold up, is it still funny? If they made that movie today, is the concept, just from the get-go, kind of dumb? If they made a Rick and Morty movie... Where they did a crossover where, like, it's Rick and Morty, but then it's also humans. Like, they go to the human world, right? I'd watch that. I, I mean, if it's good writing and if it's enjoyable and, like, the comedy's there, I'd watch it. Like, no problem. Uh, but, I mean, who knows with kids these days? They're probably anxious to get this new one with LeBron so that this way they can uh, buy the LeBron Space Jam sure, yeah. jerseys that they can wear to Lollapalooza. But if they made Roger Rabbit as an original movie now, like I'm wondering if where's the appeal to that? Because the the concept of the live action cartoon combination isn't really as prominent. And then 
who is this appealing to kids? Is this appealing for fun for the whole family kind of thing? I think it would make, it would make it the entire movie animated. Yeah. I'm guessing. I don't I know. Don't, I, I mean, don't think that, that aspect of it is something that doesn't really hold up. Now, you don't, you don't see a lot of crossover movies like that where, like, the appeal is the crossover. Like, maybe it's a feature, but... That- possibly. I mean, the, the other thing that you have to bring up, which uh, we got to address the elephant in the room here, um, think about, like, how when they go to the, the club, right, and uh, Valiant meets Acme, and they're sitting down and they're ready to watch the show because it's Roger, Roger Rabbit's wife. You had plenty money, nineteen twenty-two. You let other women make a I think it was a children's movie. There's always like an appeal to the parents too to make it like a whole thing that the parents can sit through without falling asleep. I don't know if they made the cartoon Jessica Rabbit sexy because they wanted the parents to fuck. Jessica Rabbit, like, is this appeal? Are you saying it's like? I mean, I don't know what, a pitch what, to dads that you can like. Jessica Rabbit's a hot cartoon. Probably. Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's not? It's not weird to say that Jessica's hot. I mean, look, that that's a whole description of like when people talk about like Disney characters, right? The Disney care, like the cartoon characters in these movies, and they're like, is the Little Mermaid hot? Right. Yeah. It feels a little weird to be talking about yes, is a cartoon is a, is a hot. Question, is a question weird? Yeah, it's fucking weird. These these adults in this movie, pretending that this is reality, these adults in this club in this movie are thinking to themselves, I'm going to fuck this cartoon, and they're thinking to themselves, this is a reality, this is something that I can actually do, is weird as hell. No, it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. But yet, there it is in the movie, like, throughout the movie, not just in that one scene, no, like, throughout is. the movie, it's this whole running theme of Jessica Rabbit is super hot and is totally accessible for a human being, not a cartoon. That's what's weird. You you see a lot in any kid's movie, there's something for the parents or, like, things in the plot the kid isn't going to pick up on that are really adult themed. I don't mean, like, an inappropriate way, like, just more mature themes. In watching this movie as an adult, there's some, like, really... The whole plot has, like, a really dark... Oh, sure. ...undertone to it. Yeah. To the point where, like, I went back and, and, and looked through the movie, and I'm like, you know what? I think this is why the, the ratings in every decade are kind of different. Like, they're more likely to, to rate something R now than they would have been 30 years ago. I think this is the bump from G to PG is the fact that there are some things that require parental guidance. I mean, the patty cake thing, like you mentioned, like, it's just basically saying, like, Roger's getting cucked. Like, <laughs> patty cake is a, is a you know, like, their way of saying that his wife is, you know, cheating on him, yeah. basically. And then the whole premise of the movie is about a murder. And it's, like, kind of weird to think about as a kid's movie, but that's, they tone down the severe, the way the murder happens and then the severity of everything and the patty cake instead of sex, they tone everything down to the point where they can deliver this to kids, and it's very enjoyable. And then an adult can consume it as well and kind of understand, like, be, in, be interested in the plot, even though it's meant for kids. Yeah, well, like, one thing that I'm, that the one scene in particular, like, he goes to Toontown, right? And he's doing his investigations, and he runs into who he thinks is Jessica Rabbit, but it's not Jessica Rabbit, it's this crazed woman. And she, like, runs after him, and then he 
like puts the, the the street line right into a brick wall where she runs into the brick wall, right? You're talking about something for the kids. Oh, it's funny. She ran into the wall and flattened herself, right? But then there's something for the adults too, which is if you watch when she hits the wall, her breasts like come out to the side and like hit the wall yeah. too. So it's like her arms and her breasts are there. But like, obviously that raises the question, what the hell kind of breast is this I was woman say, It's in a really weird way. But that's like, if you're a kid of a certain age, that's going to be funny. You understand. Yeah. But breasts are funny, at least if, if you're a kid. Um, and then to the adult, I mean, that's still hilarious to me now, even though if it's weird. Yeah. And I think this, this movie does this incredibly well. And maybe this is a part of the critical acclaim is it really just, you can be any age, I think, and watch this movie. And, and for us being older, that acid trip feeling, I think really helps. Like, it's, yeah. There's no movie like that. Yeah. It's just, I, I mean, I, I don't know. There's a lot that goes into this movie where like, I don't know. I I have a lot of questions, of course. Like, apparently it was fashionable at this time, this Art Deco time, where, like, like Valiant, he gets his mail, and he sees their bills, and he just throws them out. And he's like, okay, no big that. deal. Like, there are little racist undertones, I guess, kind mm -hmm. of, that are going on, like the bouncer um, for the club, um, which is really unfair, because Valiant, a couple scenes later, is shirtless in his apartment and is just as hairy as the gorilla. That is there. So, uh, and he's actually, you know, he's actually wearing a shirt when he's not wearing a shirt. So, um, you've got that going on. It's kind of like a cartoonish uh, thing, too. Yeah, I, I don't think that they CGI'd back no. hair on this dude. Booga booga! Another racist thing with like, I didn't think it would be possible for cartoon bullets to be offensive and racist, but here we are. Like, the first you got these total caricatures of like, southern texan like guys that are as part of it right and the first bullet that he shoots out when he's breaking his glass like the bottle of booze that he's poured out is a native american who hatchets this bottle of of this empty bottle of booze that's up in the air but again here we are i mean i guess 88 is a different time maybe yeah, yes. but like so you could definitely couldn't get away with stuff like that but like you know, you know what you can absolutely get away with and that people will think like, oh yeah, I understand that reference there is the simple fact that like this whole world is acting outside of like outside of police. So like Toontown, right? Judge Doom is the police. It's essentially Chaz. Any, any of these themes throughout the movie, I think don't necessarily hold up in the sense that like, you wouldn't write this movie exactly the same as you would now. Yeah. Like even just gonna reference it again, the patty cake thing, like I think I don't know if you'd put that into a kid's movie now because it's just so obvious that you're just basically saying like Roger's wife is fucking this dude. And that's what I struggle with with this movie is just from the get go when I was thinking about this, is I don't know if anything related to it would be made now. If the movie had never existed in nineteen eighty eight and somebody came with the idea now, they might just, they think it's, it's stupid because the idea of this um, live action cartoon thing is kind of silly and not interesting to people. Um, the plot is a little weird. Um, there's, I mean, the racist stuff you'd have to take out, but it's kind of ancillary to the plot in general. Um, and that's where I'm kind of like, you know, it doesn't hold up in the sense that it couldn't be made in 2020, but I find it 
very hard for any audience demographic to watch it and not be entertained even today. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the the one difference is when you're talking about could it be made today is that in the 80s and early 90s, like cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons were a thing. Like you sat down and you watched your Saturday morning cartoons. And like, yeah, there are cartoons now that kids are watching and that they're getting, you know, through different times. But it's not like, it's not a ritual. And it's not something that, man, like I'm watching Looney Tunes. I really got to watch this movie because Looney Tunes are in this movie. Like I got to see it, also, right? But it, like, is the comedy different? For, I, I don't know what the fuck kids are watching these days. What is the comedy different for children's cartoons? I mean, I feel like it has to be because if you go back and watch some of these other cartoons, like from when I was growing up, like they're a little questionable, like on the on the content that's in there. Yeah. But I still think that I mean, you you see that there is still some sort of success because Looney Tunes has had two movies come out in the past 10 years, like the live action movies. Um, like there was one with Brendan Fraser and like where he's dealing with the Looney Tunes, at least I feel like it's the past 10 years, but like there are two movies in the 2000s at least that are Looney Tunes movies um, and that work. Because that, fran- that franchise is so huge that they can probably, probably. keep producing that. Well, because but- it's the nostalgia factor for the adults. Yes, exactly. And they're trying to introduce their kids to these movies as well. Well, that's why the Spider-Man, or, or let's say superhero, but Spider-Man being one of them, those kinds of movies will work for every single generation in part because of the nostalgia factor that like we grew up, no matter how old you are, you grew up with Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Captain America, whatever. If you were interested in then, you have that nostalgia factor and then you can introduce your kids to the same thing yeah. at the same time. And that's how the franchise continues over and over again. But of, of what I, the limited knowledge I know of children's cartoons now they're far less slapstick than yeah something like roger rabbit or, or looney tunes so i what like roger rabbit being its own kind of thing i don't know if have your kids watched who framed roger rabbit oh no no yeah. and i probably would not show it to them that's the weird thing about it it's a pg movie it's like clearly marketed somewhat toward kids and i feel like you can't show it to Young children. Yeah, I just, I, I absolutely did not going to show them this for at least a little bit. But like, I, I don't know. I, I want to go back to at least two things that um, this movie gets right and gets right on the nose. Is that uh, number one, when Roger Rabbit uh, drinks the booze, right? And his reaction to drinking booze. You know what that is, right? That's Malort face. <laughs> 100% that's Malort face. Um, and so, uh, I give them credit for that, uh, that, you know, shout out to, to my people at Jepsons. Uh, but then the other thing is the, the spoiler alert for the end is that all of this craziness and stuff that's going on is judge doom being the puppet master and pulling the strings, right? Because he wants to get rid of Toontown and put in a freeway. I see a place where people get on and off the freeway. My God, it'll be beautiful. And it, like all these cars driving around or whatever, right? And he gets foiled and he gets dipped and he just you know, shows he's a cartoon and it, it's a mess at the end there, right? And you think, man, we averted this crisis because, you know, we still have our great public transit system here in L.A., I mean, the, the, the traffic thing is totally a joke for the adults who are watching, yeah. this, watching this movie. And the writers are like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, 
LA's got the best transit system in the world, public transit system in the world, and we don't really want to drive cars. Who needs a car? You know, like that's what Valiant says at one point. Like, who needs a car? And like, that's the joke, right? That's the joke that in the day that they did this, even in 1988 and 1980, whatever, when they wrote it, LA traffic sucked. Right. And And so, like, that's a joke. The kids don't get that. Yeah. So that clearly. But but that's any any good movie for kids or a movie that's fun for the whole family. Is going to have jokes sprinkled in like yeah, that. Yeah. And that one holds up really well. And I think in general, all things considered, that even when I said that I don't know if this movie could be made in 2020, I, I do think it holds up. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I think it holds up as well, too. Um, and uh, I think there's something for everybody that's there. And I just would encourage people to actually go on IMDb and click on Roger Rabbit and go to see who does the voice of Roger Rabbit. And if you had to imagine who was voicing a cartoon character in a movie like this, you'd probably think, like, total creepo, right? You're right on. Go ahead and Google it. Go ahead and check out who this guy is and what he looks like. Like, come on, dude. You can't afford a better headshot when you've worked on this movie this that did so well. But, like, Yeah, I would ridiculous. also just add one more thing. I think it's, like, one of a kind. We compared the Space Jam in the beginning, but yeah. I think the part of the reason this holds up so well is it is so unique. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. That is two. It holds up.